It's Monday. It's March 2nd. And the word of the day is Grand Falloon, which means a proud and meaningless association of human beings. Term was coined by Kurt Vonnegut in Cat's Cradle. Examples include Houston Astros fans, large <laughs> corporations, and as per Vonnegut, any nation, anytime, anywhere. Using a sentence from the book, if you wish to examine a grand falloon, just remove the skin of a toy balloon. There you go. So like uh, Mike Pence's coronavirus response team, in that, <laughs> in that I want to remove his skin. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we're all going to die from the beer virus. We're all going to deserve the ever-loving hell out of it, whether we do or not. <laughs> and we'll all learn an important lesson about ass potatoes. For real. <laughs> As if to prove my point. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, you doing anything special for Super Tuesday Eve? Uh, does grinding your teeth count? <laughs> it does. Well, he's on regular Tuesdays. I have a regular duper time using regular fluus, regular lidivs to describe regular man. But this Tuesday, going to be a little different. <laughs> a little different. Mention up. In our lead story tonight... South Carolinians took to the polls over the weekend to weigh in on which Democratic nominee they'd like their state to vote against in November. And just to make sure that we didn't <laughs> clear anything up or move any closer to consolidating behind a single candidate, they overwhelmingly chose Joe Gaff and a half Biden, meaning that after three presidential bids, the 77-year-old former VP has finally won his first primary or caucus ever of any kind at any point. <laughs> hey, look at which you. Which he sees as an encouraging sign. He's the best choice for 2020. Yeah. yeah, watch out, Bernie Sanders. Those South Carolinian Democrats hold a lot of sway. Yeah, right, <laughs> when they let them vote. Yeah, Joe Biden got the gold and Tom Steyer got the bronze there. Maybe South Carolina isn't allowed to give out any medals anymore. I feel like that's <laughs> ridiculous. Also, Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. Really? Even even though their podium was a little bit less absurd, still, none of, none of them. I don't like any of this. Seriously, new strategy for Democrats. Every primary is on Super Fucking Tuesday. The convention's a couple weeks later, and we start a national campaign right the fuck away. It's kind of a That'd big deal nice. this year. We're too late to do it now. Then, then we would vote. be awesome. I get it. Now, it, it's worth noting that Biden's victory in South Carolina was very much expected. He'd been pulling way ahead throughout the primary, and even when his poll numbers dropped coming out of Nevada, there was never really, really any chance that he was going to lose this one. That being said, the Biden campaign was pouring money into the state, and he campaigned there exclusively over the past week while all his competitors were poking around in the Super Tuesday states. Uh, but it's also worth emphasizing that while South Carolina is a pretty deep red state, it's also the first state to weigh in that has any significant black population. Wow, Noah. Iowa's black community would be so hurt to hear you dismiss all three of them <laughs> like that, Noah. So hurt. Right, no, yeah. Uh -huh. So hurt. Steve and yeah. Becky? Oh. Yeah, well, for Steve and Becky and whoever the third person was, for them to vote for a nominee in Iowa, they had to attend something that looks... Pretty much exactly like a lynch mob. So I feel absolutely. <laughs> rabble, rabble, rabble. You know there was a guy there with a pitchfork, and they were just like, "Come on, man! I know oh, you're man. like, I know you were using that for farming a second ago, but just leave it when you come to the gym for the caucus. Just drop it at home." I came from work. Okay, that's fine. Of course. Where'd you get the torch? 
Of course, had Biden's campaign failed to clinch a decisive victory in South Carolina, it almost certainly would have meant the end of his presidential bid. But as it stands, he limps on into Super Tuesday with a second lease on life, with Bloomberg shitting in the bed on the debate, Steyer and Buttigieg dropping out, Klobuchar falling apart in the last couple of states. And I mean, that basically just leaves Biden in pretty good shape to claim the mantle of not Bernie Sanders. That being said... At around 20%, Sanders was the only other person to pick up delegates from South Carolina, and he's in good position to basically lock this thing the fuck down on Super Tuesday. Or, at least, he's in position to do the stuff that would be sufficient to lock down the nomination for anyone in the race that wasn't Bernie Sanders. So, um, serious question about electability, though. Um, Would you rather go into November with, say, Biden and a 60% chance of winning... Or Bernie and a 40% chance of winning. Now, I know those numbers aren't from like a poll. I'm just using them for this hypothetical. And it could be like, you know, instead of those two, we could be talking about Bloomberg versus Warren or whatever. But honestly, I don't know what my answer would be. But like, let's say it was Biden with an edge or Bernie with a deficit. Who do you want? I would want the not Trump lumber. <laughs> well, right, yeah, look, if, if, we, if, that, if we honestly knew that number, I'd pick the guy with the highest that number. Right. But we don't. I think but I think this whole like trying to divine electability thing beforehand probably isn't the best way to go about it. I feel like, in the, you know, your best bet is just to vote for the person that you most want to vote for and hope that your representative. So, OK, so obviously the Biden campaign is celebrating the victory in South Carolina. But I'm curious, who do you guys see as the loser? I'm going to go with Mayor Pete. That's right. Yeah, yep. that's right. There's a lot of noise about Pete after Iowa. I had night terrors for weeks, for weeks, much to the laughter of several of our listeners about having to vote for Mayor Pete. I bought a ball gag and everything. And I just want to say that now that that's tied down, I, I, I feel better and I'd, I'd like to take a victory lap. That's that's all I'm saying. I feel like that was an unrelated purchase, but OK. Um, <laughs> I'd say the loser is uh, the institution of democracy. Um, mm. really not acquitting itself very well these days. <laughs> nope. Not an impressive system based on what I've nope. seen recently. Yeah. <sighs> of course. Okay. So all of this will be mooted really fucking quick with Super Tuesday right around the corner uh, on Tuesday, March 3rd. That's tomorrow when this episode airs. 14 states will be ho- holding their primary votes, uh, comprising about 40% of the total delegates that will be awarded. Assuming nobody Iowa's this shit up, by Wednesday, we're going to know where more than half of the delegates are going, and half of the states vote in our Southern, where Biden polls pretty well against Bernie, and also there's no chance in hell of a Democrat winning in the uh, general election, so why the fuck does it matter? So, uh, quick, well, we can, you know, still fuck this up. Any Super Tuesday predictions? Oh, I think, I think Warren will do better than expected, but not That'd better be nice. than Bernie. And I think she drops out. I hate to say it, but I think she is smart enough to know that if she does, Bernie takes the nom fairly handily, and then the party can unite behind him. That's my sad, sad prediction. That's very possible. Um, all right, I got to do a prediction. Uh, well, somebody's got to do it. Tim fucking Ryan. There we go. There Back you on the go. horse. There you go. End of the high note. <laughs> One more serious question, though. It, at a certain point, I don't think we're there yet, but at a certain point, it's it's worth considering if you're not a Bernie fan already. Okay, he's got a big lead now. Maybe after Super Tuesday, he's got what seems like, you know, that's that's a big enough lead. Should you change your vote to Bernie from, say, Liz Warren, I think I might do that depending on what the score is when I'm voting, you know, in order to not split the progressives and hand it to Biden, for example. 
if they were close, I mean, again, this is all pre-Super Tuesday talk, but honestly, if they were close, like if I was watching Biden consistently win or Buttigieg consistently win or Klobuchar consistently win with Warren and Bernie dividing the vote, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like we should talk switching. But she's just not doing well enough for that to be a consideration at that point. And like Noah said, I want to vote for the candidate I want to have president. Again, like I'm all behind Bernie if he wins the primary. I'm going to spend the next seven months telling everybody to vote for him but in this moment i don't care how low rated she is even if it's just five or six percent that's what i want my one empowered thing i do as a citizen to say is that that's who i wanted as my democratic candidate yeah i I think if there was a real chance in my mind like there there are circumstances where i think i would go in that direction heath but i i think where we're standing right now like the most likely thing is that no one has a clear majority or the, the 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 you know the the necessary number of delegates and i want the democratic uh, party to have basically the most realistic vision of what the electorate wants at that time mm-hmm. you know if, if we end up in a brokered convention which means that you know it's going to be useful for me to have cast a vote for liz warren even if she can't pick up those delegates yeah hey you know what would solve a lot of this all of the primaries happening on super <laughs> tuesday <laughs> yep Fuck. that would be good that would be good. Tim Ryan. Great courses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, while we're talking about how balefully little we know about anything, it's probably a great time to kick it to our first sponsor this week, The Great Courses Plus. No, it's because the water comes from underneath. Underneath from where? What are you that's, talking about? That's not the question. Hey, Guys, what are you talking about? Okay, Noah, you'll know this. You know when you dig a hole at the beach, where does the water come from? And don't say underneath. Do say that. Do, because it's the answer. Guys, if you're interested, you should learn about that stuff. (laughs) Noah, I don't have time to learn about stuff. I've got a baby on the way. Plus, I'm taking classes. This is new show. I'm going to edit that one. Mm -hmm. I, um... I'm going to put effort into my writing, so. Got it. Well, well, why don't you guys try The Great Courses Plus? What's The Great Courses Plus? It's an educational streaming service that makes learning so easy and accessible. It does? Yeah. There are thousands of lectures on practically any topic you can think of with objective, in-depth information from some of the best teachers in the world. And you don't have to make time to learn. The Great Courses Plus fits into your schedule anytime, anywhere. Oh, yeah? What's a good course, then? Well, I just listened to an awesome lecture called Hacking America's Elections, Why We're Vulnerable and How We Can Stop It. And in case that didn't work, I've also been checking out an awesome 24 lecture series called Understanding Russia, A Cultural History. Helps to know a lot about the boss because, you know, that's getting super important these days. It does sound interesting. really does, actually. Well, make learning part of your daily routine with The Great Courses Plus. Plus, our listeners have access to this fantastic offer, a full month for free. Check out everything from the modern political tradition to the cosmos and all that's in between. Sign up now through our special URL to start your free month. Just go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Remember, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. All right, Noah, I'm in. Uh, still pretty busy over here. Really? What, what do you have going on tomorrow? Is, um, busy. Too slow. Way, way too slow. Hat cheese. Hat <laughs> cheese? <laughs> and we're back. Next up in headlines. 
after a whole bunch of conflicting stories and overblown panic and underblown panic, <laughs> we finally got the official story about the coronavirus. Yeah, we do. According to the President of the United States, the whole thing is a hoax by Democrats. Knew it. <sighs> and that's why he appointed Mike Pence to be in charge of the emergency response to the hoax. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, we're going to keep building the wall on the Mexican border to wall out the hoax. That's right. what's yep. happening. We'll see, get in his head now because since it's a hoax, now if the wall doesn't get built, which it almost certainly won't, he wins. Love it. Fourth dimensional chess. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> I'm not clear how he wins there. Anyway, here's the he tragically <laughs> stupid series of announcements we got last week from Donald Trump along with corrections in between from actual medical professionals. During a White House news conference on Tuesday, Trump made a statement while flanked by high-ranking health officials, and he claimed that we have pretty much nothing to worry about, and he added that we have the best experts in the world right here, as he pointed to the people next to him. And that's when one of those experts, Dr. Ann Shukat of the CDC, immediately took the mic to explain, no, 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 that was wrong. (laughs) What he said is so important to know that it's wrong. What he said, we're definitely going to get more cases. There's something to worry about at least a little bit. And then Trump spent the next half hour in a smoldering rage, I'm quite sure. And then he called reporters back together so he could say, no, I don't think it's inevitable. That nerdy lady, uh, she just said, we're definitely getting more cases. That's not for sure. And then three minutes later, the CDC confirmed a new case in California that wasn't even related to any travel to high-risk areas. We just had kind of like a naturally occurring one there. And both Noah and Heath got the flu this week. Coincidence? Well, yes. I mean, almost. Uh, almost. Yes. Almost certainly. It wasn't the yeah. flu either. I'm just saying, I can't do this show on my own. Never thought you could do it. No, obviously not, no. But, but to be clear, though, according to the Washington Post, Trump knew about that new case, yep. the, the case in California, <laughs> when he made the statement. Right? Like, they told him, like, like hey, you might want to mention this while you're going out and making a statement. And instead, he said there may not be any more cases at all. Okay. Yeah. Upside, however... The increasingly panicked voices of the CDC in that press conference, <laughs> comedy, because they know, right? They know how many people are actually going to die. So they just had to be like, no politics nope. now. Nope. <laughs> nope. Don't scream. I'm not yelling. My voice is a normal volume. <laughs> Please wash your hands. Yeah. They, but they were terrified. Yeah. It, it, it ramped right up. So- Trump obviously didn't like getting corrected multiple times, especially by a smart lady and then by a beautifully timed piece of reality that apparently he decided to ignore that he already knew about. So his narrative got even crazier over the next few days. On Thursday, he claimed it's going to disappear. What the fuck was this? (laughs) Exact words. Exact words. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It'll disappear. What? And, and that was the high watermark for scientific accuracy <laughs> from Trump about this. On Friday, during a campaign rally, he blamed Democrats for this whole panic and literally used the phrase, their new hoax. Yeah. Look, normally I'm not a big fan of Trump's lies and deception, but I'll admit, like, 
when he told his rally that coronavirus was a hoax, I was on fucking board. Same thing with trains, guys. Fucking bullshit holograms. The Illuminati just wants to make your car stop. That's right. All. You can do it. You can do it. And then during that same rally, by the way, Trump went on to explain how he's building the border wall to block the hoax that he just called a hoax. Although this might backfire when somebody explains that we already have the coronavirus, so the wall is keeping it in the United States, too. He's going to get super confused. We'll see how it goes. I don't know what yeah, he's going to do. We'll, we'll finally know what it looks like when Trump is super confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So despite the amazing job Trump was doing with public statements about science, he decided to put a real expert in charge of this, Mike Pence. The guy who said cigarettes don't cause lung cancer. Yeah. And the guy who helped spread AIDS in Indiana while he was governor by blocking a clean needle exchange. According to an article from the Beaverton, Pence introduced a conversion therapy program to convince people to reject their coronavirus instincts that they were born with. Um, just to be clear, that's a satire site. But Pence is such an ignorant, rabid bigot that a bunch of people believe that. And Snopes had to make a dedicated page for it. Well, yeah, because how surprised would you be if it was real? Is it none? Is it, it none. none surprised? Yep. None, yep. none surprised. <laughs> I actually read that and I was like, oh, that's that tracks. Oh, it's Beaverton. <laughs> but like for a good for a good minute, I was like, yeah, oh, that's wow. I'm going to look that up later today. Yep. <laughs> and uh, here's the only good moment to come out of this story, in my opinion, in response to seeing Pence put in charge of a science thing. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sent out a tweet that basically said, what the fuck are you doing? He's an <laughs> idiot. Really? And she mentioned the AIDS outbreak in Indiana. It's a great point. Well, Ted Cruz decided to stick up for Pence here, and somehow he thought that a science challenge over a tweet for AOC was the best way to do that. He tweeted back, as you're speaking as the oracle of science... What exactly is a Y chromosome? Um, yeah, no idea what prognostication he thought he heard from AOC there. Just the oracle of science? I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> or what the fuck a Y chromosome has anything to do with this. But <laughs> that was the challenge from Ted Cruz. And in my favorite fucking tweet of all time, AOC, who actually has microbiology awards from MIT to yes, her credit. She does. She responded, quote, I'm surprised you're asking about chromosomes, given that you don't even believe in evolution. <laughs> I mean, you Love say that, it. Heath, but I know what porn Ted watches. That tweet was the height of his year. OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, by the way, she has an award from the largest pre-college scientific research event in the world for the study she conducted in high school about preventing illness induced by oxidative stress. So, you know, I, I just feel like she'd win in the define this science word contest, even if I didn't know the most sciencey thing he could come up with on the spot was dick gene, right? <laughs> what, what is a sun star? star yep. Moon. Well, that'll happen. So that was fun. But uh, just to be clear, yeah, Trump's an idiot who tried to contradict the CDC multiple times, but he might have conveyed a general message of don't completely panic that accidentally contained a little bit of a reasonable sentiment in there. I'm hearing from medical experts that right now the seasonal flu is actually a bigger threat. 
And they're saying that basic common sense, like wash your hands is the best protection against coronavirus. No. Okay. Just do, I mean, everybody just wash your hands. Not just now, but like all the time. I would like just most of the time. Okay. Who has the time? (laughs) So this, um, this, uh, having logic, it didn't stop some amount of idiots from refusing to buy Corona beer. (laughs) Thanks to the coronavirus panic. Sadly, this led to another nonsense headline, but this time from CNN, not a satire site. Um, CNN, they put out an article about a new survey that claimed 38% of Americans wouldn't buy Corona beer under any circumstances because of the coronavirus. But it turns out the wording of the survey question was ridiculous, and the actual stat would be more like 4% of Americans wouldn't do that. Still stupid, Still ridiculous that one in 25 Americans won't buy Corona beer now, but less stupid than that that article in that survey. But again, how surprised would you be to learn that, like, Trump had ordered all factories shut down just in case? None. None surprised. (laughs) Oh, no, look, look, if 4% of Americans are that stupid, Donald Trump is that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. He is not in the top 96 percentile here. Can't imagine. Uh, All that being said. In real news, real, real news, people are seriously refusing to eat at Chinese restaurants. Yes. And those restaurants are seeing a major drop in revenue. They're they're really getting fucked over by this. Apparently, we actually think there's like a a real general sow who sends us chicken from fucking Wuhan. We're so (laughs) dumb. It's terrifying. Also, by the way, Trump cut the CDC's budget by about two thirds in 2018 and they had to scrap their emergency pandemic response project. That's what happened. Duh, you know who probably wouldn't have made those cuts? Uh, Hillary Clinton. Just uh, <laughs> off the top of my head. Somebody who might not have done that. <sighs> well, on that note, we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor, Policy Genius. No, look right here. Swirly, swirl, and squiggle. So you are gonna die. Nuh-uh. See, look, it says good luck is on the way. That's your 15th cookie. So? It's still good? It's still, I count. Hey guys, I, wait, what, are you, what are you doing? Oh, we're just trying to figure out our future. With fortune cookies and crystal balls. Yes, Noah. The world is crazy. Like, who knows what's gonna happen, right? Right? Well... One way to worry less is to get the right life insurance. That's where Policy Genius can help. What's Policy Genius? Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they can also help you find the right home and auto insurance or disability insurance. I need all of those things. Me too, yeah. So if you haven't found a play-by-play breakdown of your future inside a crystal ball or a cookie, that's okay. Be prepared for anything with life insurance. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at PolicyGenius.com. Policy Genius. We'll always get the future wrong. Better get life insurance right. I mean, you guys will, maybe. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, then why did I eat 15 cookies? Because you like cookies? Get out of my head! Okay, I do. Nonetheless. To me now. (laughs) <laughs> and- 
And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Above the Law News. That's excellent. Actor, reserve deputy chief, martial <laughs> artist, and special envoy to the United States, Steven Seagal. He, he is all those things. Yes, he yeah, is. And, and envoy to the United States despite being born in Lansing, fucking Michigan. Yep. Yes. Yep. He has been charged by the Securities and Exchange Commission with failing to disclose payments for promotional work for the initial coin offering, or ICO, known as Bitcoin 2Gen, or B2G. <laughs> Come yep. to CNN, Seagal failed to disclose he was promised $250,000 in cash and $750,000 worth of B2G tokens for his work. <laughs> God, the, the company's name looks like a dude named Bitcoin trying to find a gamer tag that wasn't taken. <laughs> it's amazing. The CNN article continues, the promotions included posts on his social media, accounts encouraging the public not to miss out on Bitcoin 2Gen's ICO, as well as a press release titled, and God, I love that this is real. Zen master Steven Seagal has become the brand ambassador of Bitcoin to Jen. <laughs> okay. I get that a celebrity spokesperson has to disclose their interest when they're promoting an investment, but let's be honest, it's Stephen fucking Seagal. How is that important for this one time? Like, do the exact opposite of whatever he says about money. You're set. Also, they're not even legitimate enough to use the word Bitcoin in their thing. Mm -mm. They can't use the word Bitcoin, a currency made of math. They're a knockoff of a currency made of math called Bitcoin with two eyes. We don't need Ralph Nader and Liz Warren protecting us on this one. If you bought that and you lost money, it's your fault. You know what currency I can trust? The one from the guys who sank a million bucks into getting Steven Seagal to like their posts on Facebook and managed to do it illegally. <laughs> the CNN article concludes, this is the fucking best. Without admitting or denying the SEC's findings, Seagal agreed to pay back the $157,000, the amount he actually received. Plus, more than 16000 in interest and a fine of another $157,000. The government order says Seagal has also agreed not to promote any securities, digital or otherwise, for three years. Oh, good. Why? Why that last part? Like, those three years are going to let the rabid market for Steven Seagal investment vehicles calm down? It's the, it's what? the best. At least because you know that law is there for like, ah, oh, you did a bunch of insider training at Stock Market Corporation. But that means that someone with a straight face had to be like, and also, Steven, you're not allowed to promote any more securities for three years. And he was like, oh, man, what a bummer. Oh, my contract with Goldman Sachs, that's fucked for three uh, years this now. Is what? really tough. I guess I'll have to go back to Louisiana where I'm not a sheriff. Anyways, <laughs> I think this story leaves us all with one question. Heath, you talked a lot of smack about Bitcoin over the last couple of years. Anything you want to tell us? I'm trying to help you. This is your chance. All right. All right. I am Satoshi Nakamoto. There, I said it. I said it. It was me. <laughs> it was going to come out eventually. All yes. right. All right. Keep your secrets. But when the SEC comes knocking, don't come crying to me, Ethan, right? <laughs> and in honeymoon news tonight, 
Earth has a tiny little new moon that followed at home. But before you ask, no, we cannot keep it. We already have a moon. And we haven't taken a walk on it since fucking December of 1972. We've had this one from... Yeah, we've had this one for four and a half billion years, and I feel like that's a long time to start like asking it to make new friends. Besides, this one is the size of a car, right? It would be overshadowed by our old moon, which is called <laughs> the moon, by the way. So we'd have to change its fucking name, too. And, and I know this new moon's orbit seems nice, but it's unstable. It needs to be ejected from our orbit no later than April. Okay. Moonogamy is slavery, Noah. Get woke. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this new satellite was first noticed by a pair of astronomers with the Catalina Sky Survey, a NASA-funded project in Arizona meant to keep an eye out for any near-Earth asteroids that managed not to notice a whole new tiny moon for three fucking years. Yeah, project is going great. Yeah, nailing it, guys, <laughs> nailing it. That's right, for three fucking years, this little guy's been gravitationally bound to the Earth, and we're just now seeing it, and look, I get that, like... I still haven't noticed it, so I'm in no position to talk. But I, I don't know. It feels like we should know when cars park at our planet. Uh, are you guys <laughs> thinking what I'm thinking? Almost certainly not. Guaranteed. Probably not. Whatever it is. Space so, yeah. TSA. Nope. There you go. All right. So uh, the micro moon designated 2020 CD3 because astronomers are honor bound to give everything a terrible name so that the guy who came up with black hole doesn't feel like an asshole forever. Uh, and apparently it's not our first lunar mistress. 2006 RH120 was observed in Earth's orbit from September 2006 to June of 2007 before escaping. So despite the repeated calls for originality in our space stories, uh, it turns out that this one is a remake too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and in Moi Aussi news, France saw that the Oscars oh. had picked up some criticism over the last couple of years oh, for Jesus. its exclusion of women and people of color and was like, hold my tiny golden statue I gave to myself and went ahead and gave a child rapist who rapes children, Roman Polanski, not one, but two of its biggest awards at their Oscar equivalent, the Caesars, this year. Oh, yeah. Woof to this whole fucking story. <laughs> hey, uh, French Oscar people, um, pro tip, though, just go ahead and switch the awards over to Moonlight and say it was Born Beatty's fault. I, <laughs> and he'll fucking believe you. He has no idea oh, yeah, what's going no, on. He doesn't, he doesn't fucking know. He's like, yeah, I probably did. It's, it's just so fucked up. This would be like if Harvey Weinstein had an Oscar 15 Emmy nominations, a BAFTA Film Award, and two special awards from the Alliance of Women Film uh, Journalists. Well, you not this no, year no, he doesn't. <laughs> No, no, no that's true. Just that's now. true. But it's yeah. not like we didn't fucking know, right? Like, we didn't know. You and I didn't know. The <laughs> people giving him the fucking awards knew. Yeah, they kind of knew. However, there is a silver lining to this story, and that silver lining, my friends, is pissed off French women, who, if you've never pissed off a woman from France before, will fuck your shit right up. Have you pissed off a woman from France? I, have. I, I mean, regardless of whether you've pissed you one off before, they will fuck story. your shit right never, up. Never again. Never again. Anyways, French actress Adele Hanel <laughs> walked out of the ceremony at the announcement while shouting, Jacques, which is fucking awesome. But even better, host of the ceremony itself, Florence Foresti, took several moments throughout the program to point out, that guy's a rapist. And during the nomination for the award he won, asked the audience not to applaud for him when he was listed as a nominee. Wow. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, I guess. I still, I'd like him to not have the award would be great. That'd be good, too. Mm, yep, that too. Uh, and France, one other small thing. Please arrest that rapist for us. Yeah, We've been please. talking about this for a while. We'll be over there, like, right away when you let us know you have him. You've been literally 
Harboring a known rapist for 42 years. Please stop. Yeah. And you know what? While we're having this little chat with Europe, Italy, guys, I know you keep saying Vatican City is technically sovereign, but let's let's be realistic. You guys have a lot of kid rapists. Too. You're right there. Just so, let's well, just you're right there. We'll have a big day. We'll we'll all turn around. All the kid rapists on our desk. Nobody gets in trouble, huh? No, go. everybody still gets in trouble. Just to be clear, not <laughs> okay, fine. Well, that's Heath's deal. But come to my side, and it's a clean slate. Either way, this is super disappointing for a lot of women in the French entertainment industry, but. That is much to the shock of French men who responded, quote, but we have gave them a place to dance naked and everything. I mean, is this about the hole in the wall? Wow. There, there's a there's a place in France where the naked ladies dance. Is that what that is? Yes. I fucking love that joke. I was so proud of that joke. You're pretty excited about that? So fucking proud of that joke. You want to sing their little rhymey thing? <laughs> Come on. Because it's, it's from France. Because it's from France. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which rhymes with dance. Yep. <laughs> and finally tonight, Eli is nailing it. Comedy also, genius. <laughs> also, in gentle with the fingerling news, according to an overwhelming consensus among medical professionals, you should not attempt to cure hemorrhoids by shoving an iced potato inside your rectum. Uh, um. To answer everybody's question. So... <laughs> This is a real headline in the New York Post. Quote, putting potatoes up your butt won't cure hemorrhoids, comma, doctors warn. Uh, yeah, a headline almost certainly caused by what? What was I doing? I was curing my hemorrhoids. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. With a picture exactly. of your sister. For the <laughs> I'm glad to see this, though. Like, I've been saying for years, we need more headlines of the putting blank up your blank won't cure blank formula. So, yeah. There's very on. few answers to that question. It's true. <laughs> There's a couple, but like almost guaranteed no. So uh, here's how this happened. Thanks to a home remedy idea that's being publicized on numerous websites, doctors are finding it necessary to release official statements about this and contact major newspapers. I love this universe. And, uh... Those statements usually say something like, hello, idiots, can't believe we had to say this out loud, but shoving potatoes in your ass does not have a positive effect on bloody inflammations inside your ass. And before you ask, also no for all the, the other fruits and vegetables. Just don't. <laughs> what, remember what, what I said about blank? Pretty much nothing. One guy in the back's just like, okay, got it, got it. But meat is still okay. Like steaks Fuck, and chicken. no. What? No. Minerals. Don't have any more questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is it bigger than a bread pot? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, um, the website's offering the ass potato advice. Just to be clear, they're not entirely just, you know, like random pages on GeoCities by some dude. Reader's Digest has an article with a whole list of really bad ideas for trying to help with your hemorrhoids at home. And wow. Like, when you can't trust a publication literally founded on the notion of catering to people who want to seem like they read books but don't really, you can't trust anyone anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, the Reader's Digest article, it starts by explaining that doctors say to avoid over-the-counter ointments that end in cane, like C-A-I-N-E, because that gives you immediate relief with an anesthetic, usually but it can, can actually cause more irritation long-term. And that's when I was expecting them to say, 
So go to a doctor because apparently we've factored in what doctors say here. But no, from there, the article says, all right, well, luckily we have a ridiculous list of stuff that doctors haven't said anything about. So you're free to try them. Here it is. <laughs> and it's mostly a bunch of health food, uh, like r random ingredients you'd get at that kind of store, weird stuff like that. But black then uh, I don't think it said what it did not say that. Did you what know about something with black licorice? It's just what I get at the health food store. That's wow. Okay. Did you put any in? No, I don't, well, I don't know why I would even don't begin ask to ask any questions. You, an you yep. know, I don't. I stop. You heard me stop. So <laughs> they, they give this ridiculous list of stuff, mostly the weird health food ingredients, not black licorice. But then they say Vicks VapoRub is one of their ah! home remedies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Anybody who's ever used Vicks VapoRub should be making the noise Noah just made. <laughs> um, here's the exact words. There's no harm in trying this. Are Disagree. you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Let me finish. Let them finish. It gets worse, actually. There's no harm in trying this, but it should only be applied externally as camphor, one of its ingredients, can be toxic. So, you know, no harm except the toxic part. Continuing. God. <laughs> its proponents say it doesn't sting. But others disagree. So you'll have to try it to find out. End no, real you don't. Uh, you really don't. No. I have not tried it, and I feel like I know. You do not have to try it to find out. That's correct. Ah, uh, yes. The argument from how do you know it doesn't cure hemorrhoids if you haven't shoved it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of like a slippery slope argument. You don't just don't. Yeah. If it's not a slippery slope, you're not using enough lube. You're not lubing it up. Yeah, yeah. you got it. So hopefully this valuable information from the New York Post gets around to everybody. Go ahead and tell your friends. Uh, if the reason they're shoving potatoes in their ass is for hemorrhoid relief, they're doing it wrong. That's not a good reason. Yeah. Either way, we're pretty much guaranteed an Ass potato episode of the Goop Lab in season two, and I'm yep. fucking excited. Um, we're also probably guaranteed a candle that says, "This smells like your your jade hemorrhoid potato," or "This smells like my jade hemorrhoid potato." Yeah, I don't know, like it, yeah. something like that. So, with that to look forward to, <laughs> <laughs> with all that to look forward to, uh, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. Also, tell them not to shove potatoes in their ass to cure hemorrhoids. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Skullbeard, Angus, Jonathan, Grassy Knollman, Robert, Fantastic. Old Devil Doc, agree, allegedly, time to nude the movie. Fausto, okay. Fredwardo, John, Nicolette, Bonnie, Clay, Jacob, Julianne, Jen, Rags, Jeff, Naomi, Crystal. The Supreme Court ruled five to four that podcasts are unconstitutional. <laughs> J.F. and Hunter. And a big thanks to SCOTUS unanimously voted to kill Bob Richards for a very generous pledge bump. These fine people have amazing genitals, and they would like an improvised sonnet from Eli right now. Oh, that. In iambic pentameter, please. Is what Let me confess that we two must be twain. <laughs>
all there are undivided. They'd like you to loves. sing it also. They'd are like it musical. So share those blocks that do with me. I mean, you can obviously, Eli, the... The the ad that you started with was in iambic pentameter. You had so it. Like, yeah, I had it. it. You were nailing it up until then. Yeah. <laughs> Never doubt yourself. I should have known better. <laughs> it was also Guys. the beginning of lots of other meters if you had gone into yeah, those. Well, meters. right. No, <laughs> I have a confession. The words that I said were not improvised they were a Shakespeare song yeah, I, I just don't, <laughs> don't know were they really you I know you guys thought I wrote that. it but oh, I, you I can't lie to you <laughs> <laughs> whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you enjoy a good improvised sonnet and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge check out our brother and sister shows the scathing atheist god awful movies and citation needed also, D&D Minus, it's out. Get excited. It's not out. All that stuff. Not it's out about to be out. That's right. Not quite. Almost Friday there. It's got a Patreon. It's got a Patreon. Check us out. Could be out if you were paying for it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Check out Apple Music. Check out Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or, of course, the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the Virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Put Kevin Bacon up your ass. Catchphrase sign-off. Put Kevin Bacon up your ass. (laughs) What? Because potatoes? No, it was bacon. like a six degree thing. Six we degrees? Think of names. For, so, from Ke- go from Kevin Mineral. Bacon. You know what it was? Noah said mineral, and I was like, ah, uh-huh. it's like 20 questions. So I was like, who's always the Ke- answer in 20 questions? Kevin Bacon? Six degrees is? from Kevin Bacon. What? What? Yep. What? Okay. Get All on. right. That's my sonnet. Challenge for everybody. <laughs> six, six degrees Kevin Bacon to... An ass potato. Is that a movie? All right, all right. I got, I got it in one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so Kevin Bacon was in a sentence that Heath just used with an ass potato. <laughs> Done. I, Done. I you were about to be like Kevin Bacon's in ass potato with Eli Bosnick. <laughs> I did it. You, I thought you were going to be like Kevin Bacon shoved a potato up his ass. <laughs> Checking the show notes for the video. I knew I saved this for a yeah, reason. Right, right. Yep, yep. What's the Great Courses Plus? It's an educational streaming service that does. It's an educational streaming service that makes learning so easy and accessible. You said it funny. <laughs> I was just trying to add some drama. You sounded so curious. Yeah. All right, I got it. Did you guys see that Garth Brooks wore a Barry Sanders jersey at one of his concerts in it's Detroit a last week? Bass. Yeah, and. A bunch of Republican country fans thought <laughs> thought this was an endorsement of Bernie Sanders <laughs> for 2020, and they oh lost their goddamn God. minds. Mm-hmm. Yep, that really Cause happened. He had a Barry Sanders because because it said 20? Sanders 20, and they were like, "Oh my fucking God!" Yeah, this way it was in his, Detroit. His People Detroit in Detroit, fans. a Lions jersey that says <laughs> Sanders on it. He was number 20. And they were like, is that fucking Jew? Is that the Jew with the atheist, communist? Yep. Jesus Christ. That really happened. Okay, we can have a little coronavirus. I take it back. A little.
preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.